to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I am Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you are all doing very, very, very well. Well, it's been a uh, chaotic few days beyond Roma promptly crushing uh, the hopes that any of us had for Champions League football next season. We also have uh, James Palotta speaking exclusively to Roma Press earlier today, denying the rumors that he met with PSG presidents uh, to potentially sell the club. So uh, the last few days haven't exactly been too rosy around the club, but we will hope that will improve in the coming weeks as it looks like Roma are heading towards Europa League football for next season, and that will include the preliminary rounds in late July, which you may or may not be a fan of. It depends on your perspective. Uh, before I bring Andy on, have to welcome two of our newest patrons from Patreon. If you want to get extra episodes of the Roma Press Podcast, get early access to the Roma Press Podcast, you can support us and what we're doing here and become a patron at patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. First one, Gary Deans, you can find on Twitter at A-S-R-D-E-A-N-S-2-3. And then Nick Mercedante, who you can find at N-M-E-R-C-A-D. Um, and he also puts out fantastic pizza recipes. So if you are a chef at home, Nick is a must-follow. Uh, Gary, Nick, both of you, thank you so, so much. Uh, again, your support means everything. So, again, for Gary Deans, that's at ASRDeans23. And then for Nick, at N-M-E-R-C-A-D. I also have to mention the wonderful Euro Fantasy League, who have a variety of online fantasy football games. If you go to EuroFantasyLeague.com, FantasyCityA.com, you can find their CityA fantasy football game. Whichever league you're looking for, Champions League, Ligoon, Premier League, it doesn't matter. They have it. You can also find a, vari- a variety excuse me, of great original content on there. Um, I recently wrote an article about how Roma completely mishandled the Terossi situation. And again, you can find that at Euro Fantasy League. Uh, so let me bring Andy on now. We discuss a little bit of the result against Sassuolo. Uh, we discuss Palotta and a couple of other items as well. And then after Andy leaves, um, there is a brief interview with uh, David Amoyal of the Couchland podcast. He and I discuss Roma's managerial situation, which, again, has sort of been the, a hot topic for <laughs> a couple of months now, and there still isn't any resolution to it. But I uh, wanted to get just another perspective on, on his thoughts on that. So um, let me bring Andy on, and then I will directly go into the interview with David. All right, Andy. Well, it uh, it felt like any hopes of the Champions League for next season are now gone. No. Well, mathematically, it's we're still in it. Um, but I would agree with you. I look. I didn't have any hopes for it. Um, the only probably positive about it is that we are in the Europa League. Is that a positive? <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know. I think this is open for debate, right? I mean, uh, I saw some people that were like, ah, it's better to stay out of it. I, I thought so too. 
but at the same time, I, I can't help but feel sort of relieved that we'll, we, we will still see Roma in something because I think a year without seeing Roma in a competition outside of the Serie A would be, I think, too much of a blow for most fans. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what were your thoughts on the match? I, I feel like that was that match embodied the entire season. Wasted opportunities. Uh, dropping points, um, not taking advantage of the chances they have. I, I just feel like that match summed everything up. Well, it's it, you know it's it's funny because we've said this many many times, right? This isn't the first time we say it. We uh, we've seen draws, we've seen losses uh, that have sort of even wins that have encapsulated Roma's season. I think uh, you're absolutely right. This this was a game that sort of highlighted. The difference between Roma being a good team and an average team, and Roma right now are an average team, because with all the chances that we had, we should have won this game 2-0. Mm. Uh, there is absolutely no... And I just don't... I, I don't think this was a well-prepared game. I, I, I think I think our... I Look, we've talked about the defense a lot this year, but... I, I took a look at the numbers and our attack, our offensive gain has been just as atrocious, I think. And uh, so it's one thing to address the issue of the defense this summer, but the attack needs some re- rebuilding, reshaping. Uh, the, you know, this will obviously depend on the coach, but I think yesterday proved that um, just, uh, wait, sorry, the day before yesterday, Roma just didn't have it in them. Uh, uh they don't have it in them. They don't have the IQ. They don't have the the sort of the the, the will. Uh, you you see, I mean, you saw that chance with Clivert, who basically ran ran past past the ball uh, with the net being empty and all. It's and that's you know that's not Clivert's fault. I think that's just an inherent thing about this team. We don't have what it takes uh, uh, to 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 get through. And I don't want to see the, the this team in the Champions League. We don't deserve it. I, I think we hardly deserve the Europa League. So, as you said, it was it, it's a fair, fair game. I didn't expect anything. And um, I came in without any expectations and I left without any expectations. This game was, was Roma. Yeah, I, I as I said, I, I, I feel like this match was the embodiment of Roma... 2018-2019, just lack of so many things, lack of character, um, not not living up to the moment when they most need a result. They're just mentally, and, and I think from a character standpoint as well, just one of the worst teams that we've seen in a while. Um, I, I don't, see, I, I watched a match like this past weekend, and maybe you get this feeling or not, but for me, I, I get very <laughs> a little overwhelmed because I don't know about you, but I feel like this team needs so many changes. I don't even know where to start or where to begin. I agree. And uh, listen, to be honest, I only watch the Roma. I've only been watching Roma games this year just to uh, have something to talk about on this podcast. Uh, because all in all, it's it's basically the same experience, except for a few exceptions, such as the Cagliari game, where you know you had it was exciting to watch. Um, 
it's always the same feeling and and the feeling it, it is exactly what you described you have this feeling that you're looking at a team that will just need to be blown apart and 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 it's not something that unfortunately can happen just like that right it's something that will take a, a long time and will need careful attention um but this team desperately needs it and um and it's 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 sad because I think players like Clivert, players like Cengiz, players like Zaniolo, players like El Sharawi, they have something of value of value to add to this team. But in this context, in this team right here, their effort and their talent is useless, and it can and it can be damaged by by sitting here. I think every time I watch Roma. I think the players are not getting better. They're getting worse, um, which is not a good feeling if you're a team that is sort of trying to get into a Champions League spot. Yeah, I again, there's just you can point out every individual in the team and find some sort of flaw. Again, it's it's hard to even pick out who has been the best player this season just because everyone has been so far off the normal level. I mean... Even the guys who we thought we could have depended on, like Costas Manolas. I mean, how far below par has he been this season? And it's, I, I feel like this was a recipe of everybody having a poor season, the very poor transfer market of last summer, a manager who was unwilling to adapt in Eusebio Di Francesco, and it just all mixed together into this terrible, terrible, terrible campaign. And here we are. Roma are are likely heading for the preliminary round of the Europa League. I mean, is there anybody who enjoys July like late July football against the Macedonian side? Yeah, I, I I doubt it very much. But at the same time, look, I I, I um I think first of all, I think this game against Sassuolo, as I said, I didn't have any expectations. But this is this was a game you're playing. Uh, Roma are in a terrible situation right now, and we're still in. Europa League. Ter- we ha- we've had a, a historically bad year. We've had a sporting director who's made a lot of mistakes on the transfer market, then left uh, a coach that didn't want to adapt to the to the, to the team, uh, didn't know how to sort of get the best out of the team, and was fired. Um, we have our uh, one of our historically great players that is uh, sort of leaving the team in a bad fashion. We have fans being against the the manager, uh, against the management. We have a manager who is on his way out because he signed only a contract uh, uh, till the end of the season. And I want to get back to Ranieri afterwards. And and we have a, a sporting director in Massara who looks likely as he is most likely to to be out. Goodbye. Yes, yep. exactly. Uh, and so all these circumstances, I can't see how Roma as a club can operate right now. I don't think any of the players are truly focused on these these last few games. Now the last game of the season. So to me, the this sort of Europa League thing is is a fantasy all by itself. But at the same time, I was thinking all these years of this international thing in America and these matches that mean shit and and are often just meant to see who 
sort of is is up to it and who's not and try to offload some youth and try to offload some veterans and those matches never really serve any purpose and at a lot of times they they sometimes we pick up an injury uh and i think to have at least some sort of competitiveness so so early on might able to to sort of glue together a squad because this roma team from this year you know, we've talked about they. You can see that they don't like each other. There is a lot of factions in this team, and I think if you add a competitive element, I know I hate these qualifier. I hate seeing you know Roma playing against the Norwegian team, but if if you know if the at least the competitive level can be raised a bit above playing Benfica in Philadelphia or Chicago, then so be it. You know. Yeah. Um, I hate these American tours. Um, you know, on one hand, I, I do sympathize with people who don't have the opportunity to to travel to Italy. Sure, and watch sure. The Roma. I, I understand. I absolutely 100% sympathize with them, and it's unfortunate that now I it's 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 more than likely. I was told by someone at the club today if they do qualify for the preliminary round, which again it looks like they're going to do for the Europa League that Roma will just pull themselves out of the American tour, which again, for for the supporters who aren't able to to come to Rome, watch uh, Roma at the Olimpico, I absolutely 1,000% right. sympathize with them. Um, and I feel bad for them if that, if that ultimately happens. However, from just a pure competitive standpoint, I have never been a fan of them. I think other than being just a pure marketing tool, I don't really know what they offer <laughs> beyond that. So I won't be too upset if Roma don't have their American tour. However, um, I don't want them uh, to be playing, as you said, some some random Norwegian side in the Europa League and the qualifiers. But I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know where... Maybe it could be a good thing for them. Um, I mean, we're assuming that there's going to be a pretty extensive overhaul of the team from top to bottom maybe playing a competitive match right exactly before the start uh, yeah maybe playing something uh, a competitive match before the start of the Serie A could be an advantage but I think many of us are old enough have, or have been fans to remember the last time they did this um do we want to talk about what happened the last time they did a Europa League qualifier against that, a random smaller team? Was that a Slovakian team or something? Was that uh... Slovan? Come on, with right. Luis Enrique. Right. Wow. That's uh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. With Viviani leading the midfield. Right. Um, wow. Wow. Viviani. Yeah. So it's been. Yeah. I think we're kind of dating ourselves here because that was almost ten years ago. Um, Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, which was the start of this American ownership. But I feel like we're at the point now where we're just beyond discussing the match because so much has happened in this past week. I mean, one thing, one thing we can say just just before we, I, Mirante is, is is was still easily the best player. That says a lot, you know. This guy, uh, there was some random statistic that you know, and the, his percentage of clean sheets on. Uh, Compared to the matches he's played, is I think the best in Europe. I don't know, but it's uh, I and you know it's undeniable that he uh, he's proved proven a lot more than Olsen. And um, there is always that question of what if. 
Oh, massive, massive, massive what if. I, I don't think anybody could deny that at this point. I, I mean, just the difference is, I mean, it's obvious. Uh, you know, all you have to do is watch maybe 40 minutes and you can, you'll realize and, the gulf in quality. I, I, and I, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, during Signora and Gialloroso, I was, uh, <laughs> Alessandro Stini Alessandro said I know Stini where you're going it. with this, yep. Right. He, he he said he said it. He said that uh, um, Savorani went came to uh, Di Francesco a few months back, and and told him, look, Mirante is 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 showing much better stuff than Olsen during training. That he Mirante is ready, and uh, and Di Francesco didn't want it because uh, didn't want to field him because apparently it was supposed to be a, like a favor to to Monchi. Um, uh, so you know it's. Uh, it's a tricky situation, and if that is the case, then man, it's uh, it, it's terrible what those two have done uh, to us in the long run, and 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 uh, because that's that's an example of putting yourself in front of the team, and um, it, 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 it's it's quite scary to think if that actually happened. If you had a coach who thought that way, if you had a sporting director and a coach who had that sort of toxic relationship, it's uh, it's it's scary. Very, very scary. Um, and speaking of toxic relationships, let's go to Palotta, Baldini, the supporters, De Rossi. Great, yes. So everybody saw there was the protest last week ahead of the match against Sassuolo right outside of Roma's headquarters. And listen, I am all for voicing your opinion, whether it be one way or the other, but... God, some of the things that are said at these things just makes my skin crawl. Um, I thought the best touch of all was uh, no to the new stadium. That was original. True, uh, There were a couple of banners against the Stadio della Roma, one of which said only uh, you can't call yourself a Romanista if you're against the state or if you are for the stadium. So uh, signs of progress. Yeah. Very, very, very <laughs> Uh, very good to see a um, very good to see a group looking out for the goodwill of the club. But in all seriousness, I mean, uh, what did these things accomplish? I mean, come on. I mean, what did you think of the whole thing? Again, I am all I, for uh, supporter empowerment, but I, I mean, I don't know what that really accomplished. Yes, I'm <laughs> supporter empowerment all the way. I mean, obviously, supporters. Uh, need to have their voices be heard and you know a club cannot run without its supporters but at the same time and i found myself having to explain on twitter to some american and mexican and uh, you know foreign foreign uh, roma fans who couldn't even comprehend why they were banners against the stadium and and this is just so it's it's uh, this is the, you know, it's so stupid and it's all about e the ego of these people. It's not because they they want the Roma for Romans or they want Roma not in the hands of a foreign owner. These things happened all the time. Somebody from uh, Italian Roma Twitter brought up a, a, a screenshot of a, of a newspaper article from, I think, 1998, which uh, talked about... Uh, uh, fans protesting against Sensi and, and targeting Sensi, uh, uh, throwing slurs at him and his family and his illness and whatnot. So uh, 
these things happened and will always happen, unfortunately, because uh, a, 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 a sort of a majority of, of, of Roma fans, I think, in, as in any other fan base, are not particularly intelligent people who um, have as their best interest their own agendas. And in this case, the agenda is say no to the stadium, say no to Palotta. We, we've real had quick, enough. Real quick, I mean, for those of you who don't, uh, who can't go to the stadium or, or don't attend matches regularly, there are still people who protest the crest that they changed from right, like right. six the, or seven symbol, years yes, ago. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right, right. They they don't like it. They're still for the old symbol of ASR, and it's uh, it's yeah. I don't really have an opinion. I'm just upset every time I see it, man. It's it's because you can really seriously you can hate all you want, and it's fine. It's it's uh, Palotta's work at Roma is open for for discussion, open for criticism because the mistakes were made, and and now we're prime example of uh, the management not being up to it but you cannot take two steps backwards every time you try to say something or sort of point the club into a certain direction because saying no to the stadium is is not saying no to palotta it's it's saying no to the club itself to what everything you know roma represent A, a stadium would represent roma so if you go against the stadium you go against roma itself i I, I I I can hardly understand this 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 way of thinking. It's so backwards. It's it's just scary to think that for some of them, this is the only way to to progress. Yeah. I, again, I I'm all for supporters having their voices heard because they need to be heard. Um, I just there's some things that again, just like I said with with Monchi. You can absolutely be against what he did. You can criticize him. I, I just, I have a problem when the slurs come up, when the personal attacks come up. I mean, Jesus Christ! Uh, the sister of Palotta had to close down the, the the Facebook page to their restaurant because I, I mean, we discussed it last week because they were getting so many slurs, so much abuse. I, I mean, what are you what are you going to accomplish by doing that? I don't understand. I don't think they they understand either. I, I think it's just you know it, it, it's just showboating. It's showboating, and it's not only Roma fans. It's I think I I've, I've seen this in in other teams. I've seen this in other sports. But at a certain point in time, if you want to grow, if the club wants to grow, yes, management needs to improve. They need to operate differently. They need to be more transparent. But as collectively, a fan base needs to do a better job. And these demonstrations can happen, but the things that are said on these demonstrations need to be carefully chosen because this goes out. And Roma are a club that depends a lot on on the on the image. Uh, they they lose every time something bad is said about Roma. They they lose uh, some of their shares, so it's not it's it's not good for anybody. Yeah, I don't think so either. And let's let's move on to this whole Palotta thing. I finally got him to talk after I think a month where he wouldn't answer really 
I mean, I, I think this was the case for nearly any everybody. He wasn't talking. There, there were there were rumors emerging that he met in April with the president of PSG to potentially sell the club. All he said to me was that we've never met before. So, I guess we can put that to bed. Um, again, for for those of you who don't know, Roma publicly traded. If they were to engage in negotiations for a sale, they would they would absolutely unequivocally have to disclose it. So until you know until we see something, I, I'm not going to believe any of these articles that come from all these random websites about Roma selling to Qatar. But until that time, um, we'll just have to see. But what have you been making with this whole thing with Palotto? We've got s- s- selling, maybe right. not selling. We've got. Obviously, the problem with Terossi and listen, just every time I come up with something from Palata, I talk to him. I get at least five to ten people telling me to tell him to fuck off, tell him to sell, tell him to do this, tell him to do that. And then I get other people saying I don't criticize him enough. So, uh, listen, I, I've said a million times on here that he has to be more engaged. I think it's a problem. He hasn't been to Rome since last June. I think it's all a problem. I think he has to do better. I think he has to improve. I think if you would ask him right now with a gun to his head, if they handled the Terossi situation right, he would unequivocally say we 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 fumbled the entire situation. But the situation is what it is. It can't change. I think he has to do better. I, I, I think his silence is damning. I think he has to talk. There's been times where I said he talks too much. Um, I think this is an instance where he has to come out, show some real leadership, and say something. Um you know, um, fall on the sword for once. He hasn't done that. I think that's a big, big, big problem. Um, on the other hand, I also have a problem when people are, again, taking shots at his family, closing down, the, making them close down their Facebook page, calling them just th- these putrid, putrid names. Again, you can disagree with the guy all you want. I, just like I said with Monchi, I, I, I have to draw the line somewhere. Um, and I'm I'm going to draw it when you're personally attacking somebody and, and his family. So what did you make of all this and, and Baldini as well? Well, first of all, I, I will I, about this Palotta thing. Um, first of all, I want to talk about the, 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 the you know, people calling names and everything. I need I, I, I want to remind everybody that this is not happening just now that we've had a historically bad season. I want to remind everybody that. Uh, after our 87-point 80, season with Spalletti, Palotta w- went to the stadium, got booed off, uh, got insulted, got thrown shit at him for making Totti retire, got shit at him for uh, not spending enough, for, you know, whatever it was. He still got criticized after that season, which now is remembered by all Roma fans as the light, last great season. Okay. Then uh, a year later, Palotta goes to Roma. Uh, Roma reached the semifinals of the Champions League. Palotta uh, takes a, a nice cool bath in one of the fountains in Rome. Everybody cheers with him. The next day, you can see already people are insulting him. Two months later, people are wishing him death threats over the sale of uh, Alison. Whatever. So, um, so that to me, it's it's it's. The sad thing is that, that this is that is not something that is happening because we're in such a bad spot. That happens because it happens because it seems like it's a natural law. 
Um, second of all, I think he, this is this is terrible from all Roma management. Uh, also, the the news that apparently uh, Palotta offered De Rossi a pay a pay for every match he would play after De Rossi said it. I'm, I'm going to clarify. De Rossi, basically, there were some recordings and, and De Rossi admitted that he said, well, if they had even offered me a, 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 a pay per match contract that I play this set of games, and I, I would have accepted it. And it seems like Palotta sort of backtracked on his decision of forcing De Rossi to retire and sort of, tried to persuade him to do that, uh, didn't work out. The, the problem with this is the problem that I have with the Roma management is that they are not decisive enough. They always try to act tough and act like a big team, but they, they, they doubt themselves. They, 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 they're not, they don't act confidently enough. And now it's, there is silence and you cannot have silence when there's so much chaos around. Um, obviously, I also think that if Palotta would have said something, people would still find ways to sort of twist it around and say he, he shouldn't sure, have talked, sure. right? So that's sure. that's what happens. Then Baldini is another character that I, I just I just don't know anything about him. And I think he uh, I cannot criticize him because I don't know what he really does. I know he is an important figure and I, sh- I, I know for a fact because of what journalists write and whatnot – that a lot of decisions are made by him. So it means that a lot of good decisions have come from him. A lot of bad decisions have come from him. I, I I cannot say anything because this he's this dark figure. Then my third point is about Ranieri, which I'm a big fan. We I loved him. I love him dearly, and I, I have nothing but respect for him. But I don't know. This is I'm gonna get a lot of stick for saying this because. Um, it's not a very popular opinion. I think what he said after the game was uh, just terrible you're, in terms you're taking, of. Uh, um, yeah, you, uh, our, our, uh, we're going to bring up his name again, but our friend Sandro Alstini said the exact same thing, and I couldn't have agreed more. I'm glad you brought this up really? now. Okay. So remind people yeah. what, what he said. Well, he basically said. Um, Someone asked him, so what will Roma look like next season? He said, well, I think honestly that Roma will struggle to compete for a a Champions League spot. It's too early to say that uh, Roma will most likely compete for for a Champions League spot. Basically, he said a lot of of not very hopeful things for the future and, and sort of questioned the direction that Roma will take after this season. He also obviously talked about that this Roma team lost a lot of important players and, and that this may be the reason why this season went the way it did. And that when he came on, he found this morally deflated team and this, this lack of morale was mainly due to the fact that Roma lost a lot of players, sold a lot of important uh, locker room-wise players. Uh, he probably meant Strootman, Nainggolan, Allison, whatever. And he just said this, and I saw a lot of fans agree with him and sort of say, well, good for him. Finally, someone says it out in the open. Finally, someone is transparent about it. I didn't like it because Ranieri knows very well he's not going to be the coach next season. He knows his contract runs out. He knows this is the last game. I thought those words sounded more like the words of a bitter fan 
who sort of exploits the situation that Rome are going right now uh, through right now and sort of wanted to say something that will make him uh, get more praise from the from the fans. I just and sympathize. Um, I, I, I think I thought those words were so out of place, uh, considering he knows nothing about Roma's future. He has no ways of of knowing anything about Roma's future. Um, it's it was out of place and wasn't professional because you're still it's the club paying you and and you're out in the open criticizing uh, the club and and questioning the club's future. I didn't like it at all. I, I absolutely hated it. And as our friend uh, Sanford Alstini said, any serious club would have come down hard on the manager if they were speaking like that. I, I thought it was totally out of place. And I have to say, I, <laughs> I was very surprised that he said that because we've heard him say time after time after time, uh, this, is, uh, this is the club I love. I get to manage the team I support. Um, you would think he would try and sort of lift the spirits <laughs> of the supporters and maybe give a bit of hope and... As you said, I mean, he did the exact opposite of that. So I, I don't. I, you I don't know, know, he sounded he sounded like a coach who was bitter that he's not getting a second opportunity, and 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 sounded like a bitter fan, like one of the many many fans who criticize uh, Roma's sort of philosophy of uh, player trading, which is fair. Um, because Ranieri in the past has said that he doesn't agree with Roma's philosophy. I think the summer where we were linked with Magrez, he basically uh, said that he didn't agree with Roma's policy and Roma's way of selling Salah and sort of offloading players that had shown they can do something special at Roma, um, which is fine if you're not the club's manager, but you're going through a tough spell uh, you got players in the locker room who clearly are are, are are not there mentally and he knows better and he knows better but this was I think an instance where you know his, his instinct took the better of him and he just went with it and it was disrespectful I thought it was too yeah I didn't like it at all I, I really really didn't like it and again I, I'm surprised that of all people he he's a pragmatic guy. He understands what uh, what the situation is. He clearly, because he's spoken about it many many times so far since he arrived, he understands how the fans are typically feeling uh, in a particular moment. And I'm again, I, I'm sort of surprised that he said those things. Again, you you think you would try and foster and cultivate a little bit of hope, but again, that's the exact opposite of what he did. So to end here, this whole thing with Dedossi. Obviously, his last match at the Olimpico is this weekend against Parma. What do you make of this entire thing? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be shocked if this entire situation and episode took a U-turn and, and he ended up staying. <laughs> it, there, right, because there was a, a report uh, that he had a long discussion, a conversation, meeting with, with Baldissoni after... Uh, the 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 Sassuolo game and the players had to wait in the bus for him, which is open for interpretation. There are rumors that Boca Juniors are have a, a, an open spot for him. I also have the feeling that I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a U-turn. I know it's going to be a sharp turn. I don't. Th- I I think what will happen uh, following the, this game with Parma might surprise a lot of people. 
And it's it's not because I read something or I heard something. It's just I have this feeling that it's not going to go down the traditional way. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's something that knowing Pederossi, knowing the way he goes about these things, I wouldn't exclude something surprising happening. I wouldn't exclude it at all. Uh, it's just... Uh... I mean, could you could could you come up with a bigger clusterfuck of a way to end a season? I, I mean, only at this club can you have one of the worst seasons in recent memory, and the and towards the end of that season, it's not the season itself isn't even the most uh, the the most talked about thing. It's it's how the club handled the exit of a of a legend of the club, and it's just mind-boggling to me how badly i mean we we touched upon it a little last week but don't you agree that the club completely mishandled the way they went about this yeah it's i thought it was it was terribly handled it it was like they they didn't learn their lesson with totti um totti totti's farewell obviously was uh, everybody sort of knew about it and he had a farewell tour meanwhile De Rossi uh, just got notified <laughs> two weeks ago or something. Um, the way the club handled it was was they thought they, they were acting like a big team, but in reality they were acting just like a club who whose ambitions are far too great for them. And then and, and and you know it all came out of the bag. Everything the, the entire managerial chaos came out of the bag. Uh, the miscommunication. The the second thoughts, the doubts, the the missed opportunities, you know, to sort of talk to the Rossi. So because because I think that if it was handled differently, if if, if Palota had talked to him, if um, if there was a steady uh, stream of communication between the two parties, I thought the Rossi would have handled this farewell much better. And I don't, I'm not saying he didn't handle it well. It, he handled it the way anybody would have handled it if they were notified that they're leaving the club that they've been at for 18 years, just like that, um, out of the blue. So it's um, with Roma, as you said, it's never done. You know, it's uh, a season like this. We are going into a last game, which still means something. There's still a tiny, tiny percentage of that this game can mean something in the long run. Um, and here we are. We are discussing the the retirement uh, or the moving on of a, of a club legend and the fans arguing about it. Okay, and lastly here, where are you at with the managerial situation? I feel like it changes on a weekly basis. So right now, in this very moment, where's your head at? Are they leaning Gasparini? I I've I've heard too much about Gasparini for for it not to at least have, have some sort of truth. Um, uh, our friend uh, Filippo Biafora uh, said that uh, Bielsa was just a, a suggestion from Massara, and I swear to God, for that alone, he needs to get the hell out of my club. <laughs> um, no, no way. Just no way. No way. Um, and that the only realistic sort of objectives right now are Sarri and Gasperini. If I have to go with my gut right now, I think Gasperini is, is the le- leading man for the job. All right. There we have it. We'll leave it there. Um, yeah, just so many talking points this week. We'll be back later in the week, obviously. The last match at Dorossi, we have the managerial situation. We have Petraki, who's working for Roma, but not 
yet the official sporting director. Very, very crazy. So again, there's a lot going on. We'll get to it in another episode later in the week. But before we end this episode, let me bring on very briefly uh, David Amoyal, again, of the Calcio Land podcast. All right, David is here with me once again. David, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, John. Thank you for coming on once again. Um, all right, so I have to get your opinion, especially over these last like 48, 48 to 72 hours. The name Gasparini has been yeah. linked more and more to Roma, and... I, I have to say, I've never seen a supporter base just sour so quickly on a name before he was even appointed. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I just don't think, especially personality-wise, I just don't think that's a good fit, but maybe you disagree. Well, I think when you look at the squad, especially where Roma wanted to go young, I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, I'm just not sure. I mean, let's go on the assumption that this is a Roma podcast. If Atalanta makes the Champions League, I have a hard time believing he's going to leave from there. Like their president said, we have him on the contract for a while. I'm sure they'd give him a raise. You know, they're working on the stadium. I could see that being, uh, you know, a great fit for him. I think that's really the club, especially because they are ambitious. I think with the young players, he would do pretty well but i have to say john i'm pretty surprised that roma fans have soured on him so much because he really is the hot coach um right now but what do you think about sarri because uh, there seems to be a lot more buzz now i mean he was just in boston here with the playing that uh, ill-fated match against the revolution and the buzz here in boston was that the europa league match may very well be his last match uh, match at chelsea do you think he's he might be once again a hot name for roma to me, I, I just I don't really know if Gasparini really moves the needle. However, I do think Sahri personality, I have to say, I mean, regardless of what I mean, we all know there's no point in getting into some of the bad things he said in the past. But I, I truly do think that Sahri has a really good level of sort of fuck you in him that would do really, really, really well in the city. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, out of all the names we talked about, now what seems to me more he seems to me the most realistic again uh, what here in boston i don't know how much you followed he really did not want to be at this friendly at all i think the fact that they scheduled the friendly when they did was obvious they didn't think he was going to take the team to the europa league final because they would have to be completely out of their minds to do it with that so they had no confidence in what he was going to do he still gets them to the final, that one of his best players suffers a really bad injury in a meaningless match. He was already pissed out of the whole thing. The fan base at Chelsea has never warmed up to him at all. So I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I'm curious to see if Juve of all teams start thinking about him as well. But, you know, before when you and I talked about Sarri and Roma, I was skeptical now between what happened at his end at Chelsea. And I really do think uh, the De Rossi situation really gives much more urgency to Roma to make uh, a hire that is, you know, going to change the conversation, maybe energize the fan base a little bit. And as you said, I think personality wise, he fits in great at Roma. I think with a new team, young team, he do quite well. So um, let's see what happens. I mean, there's really a lot of possibilities, but of all the names we've talked about so far, he seems the one that would make the more sense for me at Roma. 
So who who would you think would be the best fit at Roma then? Do you think it would be Sarri? Um, my, I, I agree with you in the sense that Palotta, um, you and I spoke about it very briefly uh, in private, but I feel like he has just bundled <laughs> this entire situation with De Rossi. And I agree with you in the sense that he really, really has to just make a, a a huge home run sexy of an appointment. Otherwise, I mean, we saw today um, almost 2,000 fans protested yeah. outside of Roma's headquarters. Um, I, I feel like he, he abs- absolutely no questions asked has to make a massive splash in terms of an appointment. So which way do you think he goes and which way do you think he should go? Because... As you and I said, um, and as you just said a minute ago, I, I mean, I feel like it's a it, 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 he's almost forced to now. Otherwise, he's he's going to be completely up against it. Yeah. So I'll give you. I'll tell you. It will. There's probably very very small chance that it happens. But I've been saying for a long time who I would really love to see at Roma is Mourinho. I think he would be incredible Mm. for the city i think he would love the city he would feed off that us against them mentality that there is in rome uh and i think you know maybe he's not a fit squad wise with what they have with young players and all but i i would love to see it but i i seriously doubt that happens it comes down to two of the other names that we talked about sarri and allegri i think sarri is more um, logical at this point. I think he definitely would want to come back to Italy unless he wanted to take a year off to count Chelsea's money like Conte did. But I think considering that Sarri got so late to the top level as a manager, he just wants to coach. And we know he's just a calcio junkie. I Mm. have a feeling Allegri is going to go abroad. So I'm going to land on Sarri. And again, I have to say, I'm not as plugged in with you on the Roma thing, but I have to say I'm quite surprised that the Gasperini thing got such blowback. But I think Sarri, at the end of the day, really checks all the boxes. Culture-wise, would work well with the squad, is a sexy signing. It would also be a small FU to Napoli. So in my mind, that's, that's the most realistic and the one that I would definitely go for. So another manager that has been pretty heavily linked, um, not as much recently, but still uh, enough to at least discuss it, is Gianpaolo from San. Mm. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about just nightmares, I mean, Gasparini has gotten a lot of blowback, as we just mentioned. Um, I mean, that one has been... I have yet to see a single Roma supporter welcome that link. Uh, I, I mean, what would you think... Let's say Roma were to miss out on all of their top targets on their wish list and they had to settle for somebody like Gianpaolo. I mean, don't you think that's just a terrible, terrible mix? I mean, I would hire De Zerbi at that point if it came down to mm. him or Gianpaolo. I mean, I doubt with Petracchi coming that, they would, that Torino would let Mazzarri go to Roma. I would take him over John Potter. And it was really interesting because I think it's when we had talked, I don't know in what capacity, you had brought up that incident where John Paolo disappeared at Brescia, couldn't handle the pressure there. So just imagine at Roma. And look, <laughs> the past six weeks, Atalanta, I mean, Sampdoria has completely fallen apart. I think there was some buzz for John Paolo for some top jobs not that long ago. But now with the way 
Sampdoria has finished the season. I mean, the only silver lining that I would see with Giampaolo at Roma or a club like that is he is pretty good at player development. We've seen quite a few players develop for him, but he would really bristle under the pressure. At that point, I would just go for an exciting name like De Zerbi, who at least has an offensive style. I think he's done pretty well. That's a swallow. So if we're talking managers of that level, yeah, I totally agree with you. And you made a really good point on the Brescia thing. Like that should disqualify him from uh, a job like Roma instantly. Yeah. So lastly, you you just mentioned, and I, I I'm glad you brought it up. Um, so to end here, uh, Petraki is not officially a Roma sporting director yet, but he's he he will be soon. I mean, what do you think of that appointment? Because I mentioned on your podcast, I think Roma couldn't go for a risk at this time. I think yeah. they needed a, a point, uh, the the sure thing, so to speak. They needed to appoint somebody with City A experience. I mean, just very quickly, your thoughts on Petraki being the, the replacement of Monchi. I think you can make a case there are a few sporting directors that had a better last summer than he did. He built the squad completely in the image of his manager. He had a lot of uh, home runs. A lot of the players he brought in worked out really well. I think he's done an excellent work at Torino um, in recent years. I'm with you. To me, the idea that Roma would go for a foreign sporting director that doesn't know Serie A doesn't know Roma. That would have been completely absurd and tone deaf after what happened with Monchi. So, you know, I know there's a lot of uncertainty around Roma and there's been a lot of bad press around Roma. The Petraki hire, though, is really good. I think, you know, obviously Atalanta is a sexy story because of the way they play and their great attack and all. But I think Torino has been almost an equally great story. And I think he really has been the architect of that. So if you're a Roma fan, this is one thing, a positive thing that you can hang your hat on in a difficult period. I think this is a really, really strong hire. Yeah, I agree. All right, David. Well, thank you for your time, everyone. The Couch of Lamp podcast, The Athletic, ESPN. He also does Gianluca Di Marzio's English page. You know where to find him at David Amoyel on Twitter. David, I love doing this, so thank you. Always a pleasure, Johnny, and I love your podcast. You are basically a member of the Cultureland family, so I was very happy to come on your podcast, and all the best to your listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for your time again, David. Um, as I said, I always enjoy doing this. Um, and everyone, thank you so much for listening. That's where we're going to end it for this episode. As I said, when Andy was on, we will certainly be back later in the week where we hopefully get more news on some sort, or even, even if it's another rumor that we can discuss um, in terms of the next manager of Roma. So again, thank you so, 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 so much for listening. We appreciate the support. It means everything to us. Uh, and until next time, ciao.